following contest is scheduled for one Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome back to another UFC review show in which I will be reviewing UFC 243. So this is the first one since Khabib's uh, victory over Dustin Poirier, and uh, this one is in Melbourne, Australia, so UFC continues its international uh, tour, I guess, of of UFC pay-per-views. Uh, this was um, the the headline fight, as you obviously know if you're listening to this, was, uh, I was going to say Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya. And holy crap, this was, it It lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype. I I was very in, you know, two worlds with this. I didn't, it could have gone either way in my opinion, but uh Adesanya and Whitaker both uh, put on, I guess, a a performance. Now I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get into it when I when I get to that fight. But I I have some reservations. I have some thoughts, and uh, yeah, it might be a little controversial. But uh, I'll, I'll explain myself. So uh, just a few few facts about the show. This um, this pay per view took place at. Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia, uh, which is pretty fucking cool that Marvel has a stadium. I I love Marvel. If you if you follow me on Twitter, you you might have seen my um, I guess I tweet about uh, Avengers and you know I, I watch all the comic book movies. I watched The Joker recently, which was incredible. If you have not watched it, go watch it. Really really good movie. Uh, very dark. So you know. If you have kids and stuff, I wouldn't necessarily recommend taking them. But it's a fantastic movie. Uh, And uh, the attendance broke all UFC records. The attendance was 57,127. That is a lot. Now, this is is not according to Dave Meltzer or anyone. This is according to um, Wikipedia. So... uh, Excuse me if this figure is wrong, but uh, they did show uh, a graphic on on the pay per view showing that it was fifty seven thousand plus, which defeated Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey. So that was that was the leader until now, which is Whitaker versus Adesanya, the highest uh, attendance ever. The total gate that uh, Wikipedia is also uh, revealing is uh, five million. Four hundred and seventy thousand. That's and that's American dollars. So that's 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 well done, well done. Adesanya and Whitaker uh, are making buck, and the UFC is doing well. So um, yeah, this is uh, UFC is growing. UFC is really growing, which is which is fantastic to see. Uh, their their the performances that you see on on the UFC cards are are fantastic. I've watched a few uh, Bellator cards here and there, and uh, they they just don't compare. You know, they just don't compare. Um, I I haven't watched any one championship. I can only imagine that one championship is uh, is pretty decent. Uh, but 
I don't think they compare to UFC either, you know. So uh, it was uh, it was a good show. It was a good show. Um, some decisions, some submissions, some knockouts. We'll we'll get into all of them. Uh, but uh, a, a small side thing that I would I wanted to discuss. Uh, so Adesanya, uh, he he has this like you know uh, little. Uh, character thing going on i guess and i know he's a he's a wrestling fan a wwe fan because uh i've seen in some of his um what's it called the the you know the trainings that they do the the open workouts that's what they're called so he was doing his uh open workout i don't know how many ufcs ago and he was emulating the rock so he was doing like the people's elbow and the the rock bottom and stuff so uh you know, showboating and character work, I guess, is is a natural thing for Adesanya. Uh, he almost seems like a, a like a geek. You know, like I'm I'm a geek, so it's not like an insult or anything. But like I'm I'm pretty geeky when it comes to like comic book movies and like, uh, you know, just I guess I don't know whatever geek stuff is, right? Because he's like the last style bender. You know, the the Airbender, the last Airbender that was like a anime. Uh, so I, I feel like he he loves that sort of thing. He indulges himself um, in in uh, those sort of I guess um, not hobbies but like interests, you know. So I feel like uh, Adesanya outside outside from from what you see on social media and what you see uh, him portraying himself on TV, uh, I feel like he's not that person because uh, my brother's friend. Right. So this is, I've known this guy for many years. He's, he's like since he was a kid. Uh, he uh, he so he lives in New Zealand and he's trained with Adesanya and he was showing me. So he knows Adesanya and, and uh, Adesanya and him were. So when there was that mass shooting in that mosque in New Zealand, uh, Adesanya reached out to him and he said, listen, if there's anything I can do, let me know, you know. So this is the stuff that you don't see. And and the fact that, like, this information was... Because, you know, obviously I know this kid for a long time, so he was telling me about it because he knows I'm into UFC. He was training with Adesanya. So uh, he showed me the, the messages. It was a inbox on... Uh, it was a DM on Instagram. And, uh, and he told me, he was like, check this out, you know? And I saw the message. I was like, man, that's so nice of this guy. You know, he's like, let me know if there's anything I can do, if there's any way I can help. You know, I'll come there, we pray or something. So it was uh, it was so nice to see. And, and this guy, honestly, like, you, you see all the showboating. And, and I know people are going to be like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, he's, you know, he just wants to be, like, cool. And he's going to, like, talk shit. And he's going to, like, be a smart ass. But, you know, it's all the stuff that he does behind the scenes that you don't see that really defines his character. Uh Conor McGregor changed the game for for mixed martial arts, you know, the same way Muhammad Ali changed it for for boxing, where you know you trash talk, you talk, and then if you can back it up, you become a superstar. And and Conor brought that aspect in to to the UFC. He kind of made it like you know a, a very like important thing that you have to do in order to be successful, which it's not necessarily true, but he. It's it's how you rise up, I guess, you know. It it propels you to a different stratosphere, and that's kind of what I feel like Conor McGregor has done for the sport. And now you see like Colby Covington, for example, where he 
he's coming talking trash and then uh even and i like chill sun has been doing it for much longer i guess but no one did it at the caliber that connor did you know so there there's always been trash talk but no one no one took it to the level connor did and that's what made connor a superstar you know or a megastar rather he had a fight with with floyd mayweather you know floyd floyd's like all right i can market this guy so I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna make it something, but Connor did that on his own. You know, he he built a character. Now he's taken it way too far, and I used to love Connor. Now I just I'm I can't I can't support the guy. You know, with everything he's done, I just can't root for him. I can't support him. It's I as a as a fighter, I I'm thankfully I have the ability to split the 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 artist from the art. You know. And I could I could do it with, you know, if if you know wrestling, if you're here just for UFC, well, there's a reference I'm about to make of Chris Benoit, and I'm sure people have heard of it, uh, even if you don't watch wrestling. But Chris Benoit, I can I can differentiate the the performer from the performance. You know, I'm able to see that he was a fantastic wrestler in the ring. Now he killed his family which is really fucked up and that that defines his character i guess uh but i when i see his performance in the ring i'm not gonna hate him in the ring just because of stuff he did outside i can still appreciate the art but you know not not glorify the artist so uh with so connor is kind of the same you know i think he's a fantastic fighter he's he's incredible i believe in second chance if he's gonna reform if he's gonna change if he's gonna you know fix himself for the better i think that would be so much so much better for the sport khabib just basically you know embarrassed him and and rightfully so after everything he he did to khabib like you know it's not in his culture you don't insult a person's wife you don't insult their religion you don't insult their family like he crossed a line that kind of don't you know and and I guess he got what he deserved. And then he goes and does that stuff at the bar and stuff with the old man. Like you're, you're just asking for it now. You know, you're just being a thug and, and there's no place for that. This is sport, you know, sport, sports require sportsmanship. And, and he, Connor's lost it over the years. He just doesn't have it anymore. So, you know, I mean, whatever that's Connor. He, he's set to fight again at the end of the year. Let's see. Um, I heard something about Khabib uh, possibly being interested in a rematch. I don't know why, but, you know, let's see. Uh, but back to this, Adesanya versus Whitaker, UFC 243. Let's get into the first fight of the main card. So I'm, I'm only going to be discussing the main card because uh, watching the prelims, talking about the prelims, it's going to be way too long, and not a lot of people are interested. Like, I, I can't even see any, like, notable names to to really discuss on on the on the prelims, uh, I I did see a Nadia Kasim, uh, who I've seen before, and this fight ended in the second round, four minutes fifty nine seconds. So Gion Kim, uh, defeated Nadia Kasim, and uh, can I just say Nadia is like a girl's name, so I don't know why, but well whatever. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so the main the the main card starts 
with uh, Jorgen de Castro versus Justin Taffa. Now, both these men are are fighting in the heavyweight division. Okay, and let me just say that as soon as I saw both these guys, I was like, "Holy fuck, that is a lot of mass." They are massive men, just absolutely gigantic, very intimidating. So I, I see both of them. They come to the ring, or rather the octagon, and uh, both of them are undefeated. So I was like, oh, shit. So is someone going out tonight? Is someone, someone's, someone's losing for sure. And, uh, and, and in, in, in like very scary fashion. I, 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 that, that was my prediction. Going in, I thought definitely one of these guys is going to bed, and I was right. Because, you know, they, they both are just, they look like, like bears, you know, they're both so scary looking. And like one, one, like if this guy like tapped me on my shoulder, my shoulder would collapse. Like, you know, either of them, there's such big men. But, um, uh, unfortunately the hometown boy, Justin Taffa goes night, night after Castro gets a counter right. And and does the whole walk off thing that Mark Hunt is very very famously known for, uh, but yeah. So Castro gets the counter right. So basically, this guy Justin Taffa is like running in, swinging to fucking kill. Like like he he was he had ill intentions in those swings, and uh, yeah. Luckily for for Jurgen De Castro, he he managed to like you know avoid the punches. He did get slightly clipped with like so so Tafa Tafa came in swung a left swung a right he he grazed his right on Jurgen's face but Castro managed to like fucking hit him back with with a a strong strong counter right and just put him out put him out to bed like like it was it was frightening it was so frightening because like the guy just fell he collapsed and boom that's it you know just gone face first onto the mat and it doesn't even look like a strong punch if you watch it in replay it does not look like a strong punch but you can only imagine how strong it must be because and and he the guy kind of like ran into it too so it was is very disturbing it was the first round two minutes 10 seconds into the first round gone out like a light good god I would not want to be on the receiving end of any one of those punches. Fucking Tafa got sent into a different time zone, bro. Like, <laughs> like it was, it was rough. It was very rough. Uh, but I, it was that was a very entertaining fight. This next fight was in the welterweight division. Uh, Diego Lima versus, uh, and I don't want to get this wrong. His name is Luke Jumo, right? And and it's it's spelled J U M E A U Jumal Jumal, I guess it's like some fucking French or something. I don't know where it's where the origin is from, but but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird name. Uh, this fight was weird, man. Like, um, and and I I guess I follow the the commentary team because I guess we're watching the same thing because uh, this fl- this fight right Diego Lima dominated the whole fight he dominated i guess uh luke was adding pressure so maybe that's how he got some points but this was a split decision which 
no way in hell could it be a split decision. Like, if you're adding pressure, does it count for that much? Because, like, Lima basically did enough damage in the first two rounds to win the fight, right? So, coming to the third, Jumo definitely had to fucking knock this guy out, right? He had to knock him out, submit him, whatever the fuck. He needed to finish the fight. And, but Lima avoided it really well. He, like, Lima's leg kicks basically compromised uh, Jumo. Uh, and and uh, Jumo, like, I feel like he's a wrestler. I'm not sure what his background is, but I feel like he's a wrestler. And he did not try to wrestle until the third round, where he was pretty tired. And Lima, Lima seemed fresh. Lima didn't even seem like he was tired by the end of the third round. Like, I'm telling you, like, he, he had a smile on his face. He just walked around. He didn't even look like he was sweating. So, and his brother was there, uh, Douglas Lima, who uh, who fights in the competitor's promotion. I believe he has a fight against Rory McDonald soon. Uh, or has that fight even happened? I'm not even sure yet. But, uh, yeah, so, so uh, Jumo basically uh, does nothing the whole fight. Just takes leg kicks and gets chopped down. And... And the decision is a split fucking decision. It was it was twenty eight twenty nine for Jumo, twenty nine twenty eight for Lima, and then twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight for for Lima again. So it was like, how the fuck? How the fuck was that a split decision? That makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely no sense. So again, never leave it in the hand of the judges, uh, hands of the judges. Uh, I. I Honestly, I I feel like uh, Jumo needs needs a lot more work. I guess he seemed a little flustered. There's a lot of people I can imagine. You know, I've I've never seen him on a main card before, so I guess the the pressure might have gotten to him. He seems talented, you know, but but t- tonight was not his night. So uh, Diego Lima comes out with the victory. Lima, I don't. You know what? I'm not sure, I'm, and I'm gonna check just now, but I'm not even sure uh, when Lima's last uh, like non-decision victory was. Okay, so it was UFC 231, uh, which was a year ago, and uh, oh, he he knocked the guy out. But then he had three losses before that, and then again decision, decision, victory, and then two losses, decision, victory, loss decision and then march 16th 2013 was was the was when he won with tko like he beat roger carroll on on something called wild builds fight night 53 i don't even know what the fuck that is never even heard of it but yeah so tko punches 2013 and then he has no knockouts or submission victories all the way up to 2018, so five years. All he's either lost his fights or decision victories, and then again, split decision, split decision. That was like his his um, his last fight against Court McGee was also a decision victory, and it was a split decision too. And then Luke, so I can't see I can't see Diego Lima going far with with a record like that. Um, Dana White. He likes his, you know, definitive victors. And, uh, yeah, Lima's not really presenting a case for himself. And, like, even after the decision, like, DC was like, what the hell? You know, that I don't know what the fuck. That, that judge who gave it to to Jumo was like, 
was he I, I believe he said like he was out getting popcorn and like you know getting some soft drinks or some shit like there's no way he was watching that fight if he's given it to to jumo so um yeah i i resonate dc's thoughts i don't think there's any way that that jumo had won that but you know whatever don't leave it in the hands of the judges that's what happens uh next we have another heavyweight fight and holy crap like i feel like these guys just get bigger and bigger there's sergey spivak uh versus taito ivasa uh if you may know taito ivasa as the guy who does the shoey he puts he takes off his shoe he puts beer in it and then he drinks the beer out of the shoe which is the dis- most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life good god and and like he's a big guy and you can tell he sweats and if he sweats into that shoe or sock or whatever fuck it is oh god yeah that's disgusting so yeah um (laughs) but yeah see this uh this fight um again uh coming in i was it, it didn't seem as intimidating as the first heavyweight fight between tafa and castro but uh this one was um because because basically sergey uh he was coming off a loss and uh you could kind of see in his face he was he was kind of like you know oh, man i need to win this i need to win this and ty comes out looking confident as hell and and he was uh, like significantly the favorite in this fight i think it was like minus 420 to like a plus 380 like he he came in as a heavy favorite, and and Sergey, basically fucking the second he got his chance, cause cause Ty was throwing leg kicks, and then at some point Sergey caught the leg and took him down, and once he got like the top position, that's when you could tell like oh okay now now the confidence is building in this guy, he's coming up and and he's he's moving position, he's he's like he's he's wiggling around the way he needs to 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 maintain top position and then uh over over you know short period and and kudos to taito ivasa because his jiu-jitsu is pretty decent because he managed to like you know hold the right positions and and get out of, of all the takedown attempts but um interestingly enough in the first round alone spivak got five takedowns all his takedowns were successful all five of them. So he kind of got his confidence there, I feel. And he was like, all right, you know, I can take this guy down. I'm just going to use his weight against him. And that's pretty much what he did. You know, every time um, Tuivasa would, would sort of, you know, stand up and try and, like, throw something, uh, he this this Spivak guy was, was ready to take him down. You know, he was he caught his leg, you know, did did the did the roll and, and dropped him. So... Uh, Technically, Sergey Spivak was was on point. Taito Ivasa was was going for the you know the fancy, uh, the the heavy punch knockout to to stand out, which I guess you know you kind of have to do to to build a name for yourself. But in building that name, you kind of also have to make sure that you win the fight because you can do all the showboating and all the fancy shit that you want, but if you're not gonna win the fight, what's the point, right? So, uh, yeah. Uh, Eventually, in the second round, uh, Spivak gets another takedown, uh, gets full mount, and then and then uh, puts in the arm triangle and and chokes uh, Taito Ivasa right out. Just goes goes straight to bed, 
and uh, yeah, like the the polar bear, aka Sergei Spivak, reigns supreme. Uh, Taito Ivasa did not look great. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. He kind of reminds me of uh, not in the fighting style, but just like the the trajectory of his career. It kind of reminds me of uh, Hapa, you know, Travis Brown. And uh, I feel like he's he's doing really well in the start. And now he's kind of like, you know, floating in obscurity, doesn't know where he needs to go. So I'd like to see Taito Ivasa maybe take on a more serious camp and then come back, maybe go to like uh, a notable gym. And because uh, I'm not actually I'm not sure where he trains right now. So that that might be absurd for me to say. But uh, yeah, I want to see Taito Ivasa like take it a little more seriously. You know, he the guy's got talent. He's got a fucking, as a heavyweight, he's got a flying knee knockout. And I feel like the only other person to do that was Fabrizio Werdum. I could be wrong, but uh, but yeah. It's like, And this man is massive. If you've seen Ty, you know how big of a man he is. And he has a fucking flying knee knockout. That is bonkers. Fucking bonkers. But it's good to see heavyweights emerging because the heavyweight division, I feel like, is lacking in talent. You know? Uh, DC I'm not even sure if DC is going to fight again he might I think he has one more fight in his contract so DC could fight but then after that one fight DC might be gone Stipe is back on top of the mountain so Stipe is Stipe is somewhere there uh, you've got uh, who else do you have in the heavyweight division that, that really sticks out you know uh, Kane Velasquez is in WWE so he's even going back there uh, what's going on with him uh, you've got Francis Ngannou, but then you've had Francis versus Stipe already. So are you going to do that again? Is I mean, I guess you could, but is what's going to happen there? Alistair Overeem, is he still fighting? What's what's happening there, you know? So it's it's kind of like uh, like and I'm just I'm just opening up the rankings here. Curtis Blades is is on this, right? And now You've got, you've got, um, uh, obviously number one. You've got Stipe. DC is number two. Francis um, is well, okay. Stipe is champion, so DC is number one. Francis is number two. Curtis Blades is number three. Alistair Overeem, Junior Dos Santos, Derek Lewis is still kind of here. Alexander Volkov is number seven. Velasquez is still on this list. Uh, uh, Ivanov, which again hitting a miss. So. I mean the the division here does not look great. It does just does not look great, you know. And then, but then you've got this dude uh, Sergey who's come out of nowhere, and and possibly you know he might be a rising star. Uh, so yeah, so the 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 heavyweight division honestly does not look really good, uh, but. So so they need new talent. They new they need new fresh uh, new fresh. They need fresh faces in the heavyweight division, and and it's kind of like, you know, I, I the heavyweight division at some point back when you know, uh, Brock Lesnar was champion. You had Kane Velasquez. You had JDS. You had uh, uh, Shane Carwin. You had uh, who else did you have? Uh, Heath Herring. Uh, you had so many people. It's so many people. In that division at that time, it was stacked, and like anyone could win the title off anyone. That that's exactly what was happening. People are just like JDS and Kane Velasquez were trading, 
titles constantly, like, not constantly, but they traded it twice. And it's like, wow, you know, that that's what you want to see. The heavyweight fucking championship could not, was not being held by anyone until Stipe was like, all right, I'm going to hold it for a while. And then, but even he didn't hold it for that long. You know, look at, look at your George St. Pierre's or your, uh, back in the day, BJ Penn or, uh, you have uh who else do you have that uh, john bones jones you know like these guys are anderson silva like they held the championships for so long and and because they held it for so long it 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 kind of like also brought the division down a little bit but but also when you'd had like these viable contenders like for example when when uh, gsp was kind of like all right i'm 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 leaving you know, just before he left, he lost that fight to, to what's his name? Uh, oh, good God, John, uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Hendricks. That's that's what it is. So he and and he he won the fight, but in the eyes of the fans, he had lost that fight. GSP was not the GSP of old that time, and and I guess he made the right decision by leaving. But you know. That that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Where it's like, all right, you know, GSP, uh, he didn't really have. And then like, I'm I'm trying to think now. And the only division I can really think of that is kind of stacked is a lightweight division. But now Khabib's champ, and and you can see it here where it's like when when Connor became champion, you had Eddie Alvarez, you had uh, Anthony Pettis, you had uh, Benson Anderson, you had uh, uh, you have Tony Ferguson. You've got, uh, and then Khabib was coming up, Connor. So like, you have all these names, and and any of these guys could be could be champion. It's in Barbosa, uh, Paul Felder. Like you have all these fucking names, and any of these guys could be champion. And and then now that Khabib's on top, it's hard to see anyone defeating Khabib. And people are trying to you know put stock into Tony. They're like Tony's the guy. Tony's the guy. Well, Anthony Pettis gave Tony. Quite a decent amount of trouble. He gave him quite a decent amount of trouble. And I feel like people are sleeping on that. And and they're trying to sell Tony. And obviously UFC wants to sell Tony, right? They want to sell the fight between Tony and Khabib. But I think Tony was... was um, He, he kind of needs to... to and I, I understand, like, you know, he has to have this fight with Khabib because he's been waiting for so long. But I would have liked to see Tony uh, fight someone. Because like, his last fight against uh, Cowboy, right? Cowboy fucked up. He blew his nose. His eye fucking basically exploded out of his fucking skull. But had it, had had he not done that, right? That, that fight could have gone... I mean, I get it. Tony was winning. But still, you know, you never know with Cowboy. So it's like, I don't think Tony's had... Uh, like definitive wins uh in in his last few fights that's that's my opinion right and i'm just opening up tony ferguson's page here and i'm checking uh what what his last fights were and it was yeah see anthony pettis he beat him due to corner stoppage right uh donald cerrone doctor stoppage he definitively beat kevin lee but this was two years ago in in 2017 october 7th 2000 so almost to the day two years ago was the last time uh, uh tony ferguson has had a definitive win 
And that that's not I, I, look. I'm not saying that this means Tony's not gonna win, but you're not selling me the way that UFC is trying to sell me. I'm not sold on Tony the same way uh, I should be. You know, like the 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 what UFC is trying to sell me. I'm not buying it because again, Tony Ferguson fights. He's got he's got gaps in his fights. You know, he's got he takes. He takes a significant amount of time between his fights. Because, like, if you take his last four fights, for example, uh, his, uh, so chronologically, it's November 5th, 2016, right? That was that was Rafael Dos Anjos. He won. So he won that fight against Rafael Dos Anjos. Then uh, he faced Kevin Lee in Octo- on October 7th, 2017. So just... Uh, a month shy of a year, right? So 11 months. And then, exactly a year later, he faced Anthony Pettis, October 6, 2018. So, which is exactly a year ago to this day. Um, but, and I understand, he was injured. He had an injury. He was healing from the injury. Get it. No, no, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him. But then, June 8, 2019, was his next fight. So, I feel like he's been out for a hot minute, you know? So you need to kind of, like, refresh him and bring him back in, in some regard. But I've just gone on a complete fucking tangent here where we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about the heavyweights. Well, it kind of, like, it segues well into, into the next fight, which is Dan Hooker versus Ally Quinta. And Ally Quinta, that, he's another one who, who possibly posed a threat to Khabib, you know? He was, he's, uh, he had a good showing in that fight. But unfortunately, he did not have a good showing against Dan Hooker because Dan took him to school. Like, like holy shit, this this guy, um, very very impressive. Hooker's leg kicks basically destroyed Ally Quinta, like destroyed him. Like, I feel like Al was was like deer deer in the headlights. He had no idea what the fuck was going on. He was just like. What? Why is? Why does it, this hurt so much? What is going on? Why am I in so much pain? And Al was very sloppy with his punches, and even his recovery wasn't great. Like he looked like he was stumbling all over the octagon. And I feel like this. I don't know what it was because like the. I felt like the main event was like that as well. I feel like it was very sloppy, and Ally Quinta was very sloppy. Dan Hooker, however, was very crisp, very clean in his fights. So, uh, in this fight, rather. Uh, but yeah, so basically, Hooker was dominant the whole the whole fight, and even even like towards the end of a, I can't remember which round it was, but Al Al you know managed to get one sort of takedown and then uh, put in an ankle lock, but the ankle lock was so poorly executed that even Dan was like sitting up and he's he looks at his corner, he's like yeah I'm fine, and he just like even motions to them with a, like a thumbs up, he's like yeah I'm good. You know, he seemed like he didn't even give a fuck. And that's like, that's got to be so like, that's got to crush your morale. But yeah, Al basically failed in, in all his takedown ap- attempts. And and uh, even took, he took some hard shots too. So Hooker, Hooker looked really good in this fight. I'm not, I'm not really well versed on Hooker's career. But, uh, but yeah, he, he looked, he looked really good. And I think, and, and right after the fight, he goes like, "All right, I'm calling out." Um, 
he's calling Dustin Poirier because he wants to fight, and and that's all he says, and he walks away. So it's like, okay, all right, this guy wants to, you know, he wants to come out and uh, and do some damage, I guess, uh, and build a name for himself. So uh, I guess Dustin Poirier is a hot name to to go after right now because he he just faced Khabib. Khabib's you know known worldwide, so people kind of know Dustin Poirier now. So I guess it's time to capitalize, you know. Everyone wants to fight Dustin because I f- they feel like Dustin might be an easy fight. And then, you know, that might lead to, to something in the future. Who knows, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a decent fight. Uh, the, the judges scored it 30-27, 30-27, 30-26. So Al was just, you know, not not performing well. Just absolutely not. So yeah, I I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, Ally Quinta needs to go back to the drawing board and kind of regroup and and come back as as the Al that faced Khabib, you know. But a lot of people do say that that was just Khabib's off night. He was that was more on Khabib than it was on Al, which you know it's kind of unfair to say that. I think you kind of have to be a certain caliber of a fighter. To be able to hold your own against someone like Khabib on any day, so uh, yeah, Al just needs to regroup and and come back stronger. Uh, but kudos to Dan, well done, Dan Hooker. You uh, you were very impressive. I would uh, I'm gonna be very curious to see if the Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier fight actually happens because that would be so cool. Uh, and now uh, we are in. The main event of the evening, the the middleweight division is now holding its title up for grabs. Israel Adesanya, who is the interim champion, versus Robert Whitaker, who is the the actual champion, injured, gone away for a bit, came back. He looked intense. You know, he looked intense until like the. Th- <laughs> the second round third minute 33 seconds uh yeah that was <laughs> he looked pretty intense until that point but you know uh i i i kudos to whitaker you know he he's been out for a long time he i feel like it was people kept saying two years he's been out for two years which is a long fucking time you know uh he fought no, that's not right because he fought Yoel Romero in um, in June of 2018. So it's been a year and a few months, right? 9th June 2018 was when he defeated Yoel Romero, and uh, and yeah, so so <laughs> and then he beat Yoel a year before that as well. So yeah, so uh, here like here's the thing, right? I feel like Robert Whitaker came in with a game plan. Israel Adesanya came in with a game plan, and as soon as the fight started, they're like, "Fuck the game plan." That's I feel like that's what happened. So, if we're going in order, what happened? Let's just start with Adesanya's entrance because what the fuck was that? These entrances are getting more elaborate by the by the minute. Because who was the guy on the last one? Fucking uh, uh, hold on, I I want to get his name right because geez, that was. That was fucking ridiculous, and uh, and then he lost. Uh, fucking hell, who was it? Um, Michael Pereira, I believe it was, right? Yeah, Michael. Per- 
Michael Michael Pereira, right? Michael Pereira, uh, who came out, did all that fucking dancing, and then all that showboating in the fucking octagon, and then, you know, lost a fucking fight. So so when Adesanya came out, I was like, okay, he's doing like an entrance thing with his team. Wait, those aren't. That's not his team. They're dancers. What the fuck is going on? And he comes out, and then he does like a. a and granted, he did a pretty fucking sick. Like machine gun dance, kind of you know pop lock kind of thing, sing kind of kind of thing, and then and then he did something so fucking risky where he did like a fucking uh, a flip, a standing flip with his legs spinning over his head. I was like, dude, if you fucking slip or fall or twist your ankle or something, like you're gonna fuck yourself up, bro. Don't don't do that. Like, you respect your opponent, cause. You know, at that point, I was like, all right. Now, I kind of wanted this guy to lose because don't do that shit, you know? Uh, but not completely. My heart was still like, you know, all right, like, let's see the fight. But I was like, don't, man, you got to kind of respect your opponent. And that's dangerous shit. Like, I get it. You might, have, you may have done this, like, you know, every day in the morning for, for the past, like, 15 years. So you have it down to a T. But it's still, like, you know, risky. You're getting into the fucking octagon where someone wants to kill you. You know, not literally, but figuratively. And, and they're going to fucking swing punches to your head. And that that could kill you accidentally. So, yeah, just calm down with the showboating, right? Uh, but again, I feel like both men were really sloppy in this fight. Uh, Whitaker was throwing punches, trying to connect something. Adesanya was moving about, trying to counter punch. But even his counter punches weren't landing. It was just like they kept missing and and... There was no precision. They're just when they threw, they're just like just throwing just real fast and like aimlessly. And and it it I mean, it, that just kept happening until finally Adesanya, you know, connected. And that's where he he kind of like not just won the fight, but like cuz he did that the first time uh, at the end of the first round. He managed to get like a strong fucking punch and and that put Whitaker flat on his back and <laughs> the commentary team couldn't hear the buzzer. So they thought the fight was over, but uh, but then it was like, oh no, it's the, that was the buzzer. They get up and, and Whitaker sits in his corner. So it was kind of like, oops, oh wait, is he out? Oh wait, no, is that the round? Well, what the fuck just happened? So uh, yeah, but they basically, if the thing is, when Whitaker would land a single punch, I feel like he was like, all right, I'm just gonna try and finish it now. You know, I, I managed to get one in, and then he just like go swinging and swinging and and then fail. Which is like, don't do that, bro. You're a fighter. Be patient. Be calm. And Adesanya, who's known for being patient and calm most of the time, was was trying to counter stuff. But then he's trying to connect something. You know, he's just trying to connect something. And then eventually he did. You know, and that's how he kind of won the fight. But I wouldn't say that this was either man's best performance. I, In my opinion, I don't think either of them performed to the level they've performed before in their careers. So, and I get it, pressure, you know, it's a big fight, and Adesanya's got this name for himself, and he's like, he's this uh, rising star, he's uh, undefeated. So it's kind of like, you know, you're you're facing someone of that level, and then Adesanya, for him, he's facing someone who he's about possibly winning the championship from, you know? So it's like, okay, you know? I can understand that. I can understand why he's scared. Uh, not scared, but, like, why the pressure is kind of getting to him, you know? And uh, and now, you know, Adesanya 
is is uh, the new middleweight champion of the world. And this guy is my age. He's 30. This motherfucker's 30. He's born three days after me. So I'm like older than this guy. Which is funny because John Jones is born on the same day as I am. and uh, But John's a year older. So John and I share a birthday. And uh, Adesanya and I are three days apart. And I'd love to see Adesanya versus John Jones. That's the fight. In my opinion, that's the fight to make. But does Adesanya go up? I mean, he's a big guy. I think he could. You know? I, I definitely think he could. But but will they do it and and will john jones you know john's john's a pretty big guy and and john is probably bigger his reach is definitely longer but he he's probably bigger than adesanya but significantly but uh i'd love to see that fight you know jones versus adesanya oof that's like a that's a dream fight that's a dream fight and if you're you're going from middleweight to to um I'm trying to think now, is there is there any weight class in the middle? And uh no there isn't. So so it, it goes from why do I feel like I'm getting this wrong? It's middleweight and then light heavy, right? Or am I missing something? No, I think I'm right. Where is welterweight? Now I'm confused. Welterweight is welterweight's below. Yeah. It's lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavy. Yeah, so so they're not far in in their in their um in their weight classes. So they could fight, and that would be phenomenal. Jones is much bigger though, but that would still be a fucking fantastic fight. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that fight taking place? Because like I I would love love to see that fight. You know, and now, in in terms of in terms of the the middleweight fighters, right? I, I'm I'm just opening the fucking thing here. Um, you've got again, like the they're not great. You know, the 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 fighters in the middleweight division are not great. You've got Whitaker, you've got Adesanya, who've already fought Paulo Costa is the one fighter I think who's who's a, a decent prospect for the for the championship. And then you've got Kelvin Gastelum who I guess you could do a rematch, you know. But then after that you've got Jared Can Ka- Jared Cannonier who's meh. Jack Hermison. I've not even seen this guy fight yet or maybe I have and I've forgotten. Uh you've got Ronaldo uh Ronaldo Souza who's also meh. Chris Weidman, I believe, has gone up a weight. So I feel like he's fighting in, in the light heavyweight division. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, Derek Brunson wins, loses, not doing great. Uriah Hall is, like, ranked number 11th. So it's not like a, it's not a great fucking division to be in, you know, in terms of talent. But then you've got, you've got John Jones, who's the light heavyweight champion, You've got Adesanya now, who's who's the middleweight champion. I think Adesanya could go up, or you know, I don't know if John would drop to middleweight. But yeah, regardless, like I, I, that's that's the fight to make. That's the fight to make. Have 
you know what? Have Paulo Costa versus Israel Adesanya, right? Because Costa is a scary dude. Like, I'm not gonna sleep on Costa. Like that guy is a scary dude, but he's still, still uh, the fight to me is John Jones Adesanya. John Jones Adesanya. If if Adesanya can weather the storm of Paulo Costa, then you go for you go for John Jones. That's just my opinion, you know. But um, back to the fight, like Adesanya, just you know, as I said, was trying to trying to land land counters. He managed to knock him down at that buzzer, and then the second round, fucking he he drops him, you know, and and just finishes the fight with, as I said, with a counter, and uh, and that's all she wrote, you know, the the poor guy, kind of, <laughs> I felt bad for Robert Whitaker because you know he he was just coming up and just had the hype behind him, and then. As soon as he did, it's kind of like, oh, knocked out. Second round, three minutes, 33 seconds. That's all she wrote. Uh, I guess the the right fighter won. You know, Adesanya is more marketable, and uh, you you can kind of push him as a uh, as the face of your middleweight division. But then, wh- who's your challenger? You know, who's challenging you? Where where like what am I gonna see in that division? So, yeah, it's just, it's it's a weird place to be. You know, it's a weird place to be. And, again, like, divisions require talent. And the top talent is just demolishing everyone. They're just demolishing everyone. This is, this is kind of like what we've been seeing, you know. Like, they just annihilate everyone. And then one day you have a shock victory by someone. A.K.A. Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. You know, that that punch that Conor landed made his life. And but that's kind of what we see now. It's just like the same fucking guy keeps winning because he's so dominant. And then one day, and that's that might happen to Khabib as well. You know, he's really dominant. And then one day, it's not his day. He might lose. Who knows? But yeah, um, that was uh, that's UFC two four three. Uh, the next pay per view is I believe November 2nd but we've, we've got like a Yuana Young Jacek versus Michelle the Karate Hottie Watterson that's a fight night coming up um and then you've got uh, oh yeah you've got Reyes versus Weidman the light heavyweight yeah I was right Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman uh light heavyweight division that's a UFC on ESPN oh that's gonna be a big one uh October 18th at the TD Garden Boston Massachusetts wow I've been to TD Garden. I watched the Celtics versus Raptors there. And uh, that was an interesting thing. That's a tale for another day. Uh, Then uh, October 26th, you've got Damian Meyer versus Ben Askren on a fight night. Well, Askren's already been relegated down to fight nights. And then, yeah, UFC 244. You've got uh, in the welterweight division, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz for the, was it the baddest motherfucker? the 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 trophy not trophy is that a belt fucking what what why do you need it you know bmf the baddest motherfucker belt yeah it's a belt okay madison square garden november 2nd that's the next pay-per-view so we've got a month into the next pay-per-view but we've got some good fights in the middle so that that should be interesting um so yeah that's it for me you guys uh make sure you subscribe to this podcast roped in pod uh please uh do leave a five-star rating it helps 
tremendously. You do not understand how much it helps. Uh, it, 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 you know, people, the higher the rating, people see it and, and, you know, that builds, that builds more, uh, rapport within the, the MMA world or, well, since you're here, it's MMA or even wrestling world, you know, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate it tremendously if you left a five-star review. Um, and then, uh, make sure you follow at that KJ guy, uh, at roped in pod on, uh, across all major social media platforms and uh, yeah um since you're still here kj out <laughs>